morning, everyone. It's good to be with you guys this morning. Hey, I really believe the Lord is saying something about um, generational uh, transfer this morning, a value of ours here at the tab. In particular, that He's turning the hearts of fathers back to their children, then children to their fathers. And we know you may know that, be familiar with that passage from Scripture. But I believe the Lord is highlighting that this morning as a kind of... Um, what the Scripture describes as a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So what I mean is that God is revealing in His kindness to you, giving you a grace to forgive. And if that's you, or if the Lord's stirring something in you as I share that, um, the turning of the hearts back, at the revelation of the Father's goodness, at the revelation of, I've been forgiven so I can forgive, I just encourage you to act on that, um, even if it meant leaving here to go do so. You know, the Scripture says if someone has something against you and you're aware of it, or if you have someone to forgive, to leave the altar and take care of that first. Um, And so I just want to encourage us in that. Maybe the Lord has for you after the service with the prayer ministers to deal with that in your heart. What God wants to heal um, by way of reparenting you and redefining what um, good fatherhood or motherhood looks like in healing to you. So I just want to encourage us in that. Um, I feel like the Lord's saying that. And with that, I just want to bless the younger generation. Um, and I'm just reminded in our value of generational transfer that, um, you know, the Lord, whether through life on life discipleship um, or just what we have by way of His vision for the leadership from the next generation, I just want to bless our younger leaders. And I I exhort us to encourage our younger leaders, encourage our younger, uh, whether like Jake and Caroline, Kiara, Devante, and others, uh, Zane, Lexi is there, new among us in leadership as younger leaders. I just want to encourage, and and also our children, um, just to encourage uh, them because they are the next leaders. You know, I remember in my late 20s when I was invited to be on the leadership team, and um, leaders who went before me um, uh, gave me a shot. And they didn't just give me a shot at doing something, right? They developed me in leadership and discipleship. They taught me and brought me along in my brokenness. They knew my stuff and my issues in time. And they didn't reject or condemn me for it, but in the pattern of power of Jesus, they invited me closer in to a healing journey through Christ. Amen? So let's walk in that spirit. Let's show we value that in the way we encourage and um, come alongside in long-haul relationship and with our words, uh, those younger than us. Amen? How many of you have seen breakthrough during the fast? Any breakthrough? All right. All right. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. I love what fasting does to increase, accelerate, and expose. Um, Expose wounds that we might be healed. Expose the enemy's work that he might be cast out of situations. And um, I love what God's doing among us. So praise Him. Well, the Lord's been giving us a fresh word about being a dwelling place, a resting place of God as the gospel tab. He is bringing more clarity and focus in our identity as a family on mission. 
in terms of our role and function in the network, this greater move of God, in terms of our call as a church, uh, as a dwelling place, a resting place of ministering to the Lord, hosting His presence, and in so doing, becoming more like Him. So with that, we want to heed that fresh word that the Lord's been speaking to us, and we are highlighting a value here at the tab called the manifest presence of Christ. Just for these next four weeks, we want to unpack the manifest presence, starting with a kind of foundational sermon that I want to preach this morning on the difference between His omnipresence and His manifest presence. And so, um, you know, God is everywhere at all times, and that's known as His omnipresence. That's a fancy, pansy, theological term for God is everywhere at all times. (laughs) Um, And whether you're wholly aware of it, whether you believe in God or not, God is here. God is omnipresent. He is around. David puts it this way, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. There's a little manifest presence in there too, right? There's encounter with God, him holding his hand. Yeah, so, but that's, that's a picture of his omnipresence. You are there wherever I am, wherever I go. And I grew up with a rich theology about God's omnipresence. I grew up with a rich theology about God. I went to Geneva coming out of, you know, having grown up in the church and continue to learn more and more about God's nature, his omnipresence, his omniscience that he's all knowing, his omnipotence that he's all powerful. Are you impressed yet with these words? I hope not. Um, And so yet, but for me, it was so much more head knowledge at that time than it was heart knowledge. There was a disconnect Um, So I knew about a lot of things from the Bible. I knew, in fact, that God would reveal Himself through what's called general revelation. General revelation is through His creation, His created order, that we can experience God tangibly, or His manifest presence, through His creation. In fact, it's why Scripture says, man's without excuse. Any person can know God. Even if He's not been preached, perhaps, in a nation though He will be preached in all nations. Amen? And then the end will come. But that He could reveal and would reveal Himself to people through His created order. There's also what's known as special revelation, right? That God reveals Himself to us through the Bible. That He reveals the person of Jesus by His Spirit through the living Word of God. This is special revelation, and I knew that. (laughs) I could write papers about it. I could probably find those papers for you. Um, And yet, it was far more head knowledge than heart knowledge. What do I mean? What I mean is I had not encountered His manifest presence through creation. I had not encountered or become aware of His manifest presence through the Word of God. I knew a lot about the Word of God. I had Bible verses memorized. And guess what? That's an amazing foundation, a setup by God for me to begin to encounter Him. And so I'm thankful for that. I think I say that a lot here. It's like, I'm thankful for the foundation that was laid in what I learned about God. And so I'm not putting that down. It's just there was a disconnect. And it's the difference 
in one sense, between his omnipresence and his manifest presence. A.W. Tozer put it this way. It's on the screen. The presence and the manifestation of the presence are not the same. There can be one without the other. God is here when we are wholly unaware of it. He is manifest only when and as we are aware of His presence. So if you slipped on a banana peel, you would not be, have been aware, aware of it, right? Until you encountered it. And so, you know, that breaks down badly, quickly, right? Like, banana peels aren't omnipresent, and they don't transform anyone's lives. But, so Tozer put it better, but it's true that when we become aware, that we become aware of its presence through encounter, but we didn't know it was there, probably, um, until we stepped on it. And so, it's true for all of us sometimes that our orthopraxy doesn't line up with our orthodoxy. And this, I'm just sticking in the vein of these fancy-pantsy words. You see what I did there? Um, but all I mean is sometimes we don't live according to the truth. <laughs> and, that me, and by that I mean sometimes God is trying to make us aware of His presence, and we are dull to that or not experiencing that truth right now. Whether it's because of a, bro, you know, a, a block in our heart, a resistance, an obstinance, or it's because of something unknown to us that's broken in us that God wants to reveal and heal. or you know, There can be any number of reasons for that. And because of that, our lens, our perspective, our actions don't line up with what He's up to. And so we're, because we're not experiencing Him or in step with Him, His manifest presence. Um, some, some people within Christ's church don't believe that He shows up so much today, except through creation or the Bible. And so they limit their encounter with how he might manifest himself to them. And that's called bad orthodoxy that leads to bad orthopraxy. Or in other words, a self-fulfilling prophecy. I won't experience him, so I won't experience him. Right? (laughs) And so, but here at the tab, we highly value his manifest presence. And it's not because we're more spiritual than people who think different things than us. It's because we value encounter with the living Christ because we know He is alive and active and in Him we live and move and have our being now today. He is working among us. And we just talked, we just, I just asked about breakthrough in the fast. Amen. And people are saying, uh, yeah, God is moving And his hand drew near in response to me drawing near to him in this form and in this fashion. And so if you look on the screen, here's what we say about Christ's manifest presence. God is omnipresent whether he's acknowledged or not. He's manifestly present where he's treasured, acknowledged, celebrated, and encountered. It's God's presence that has always been the distinctive of his people. As we encourage, excuse me, engage our primary work of prayer, we are sent into the world on mission. As we engage the mission, we seek His presence even more. We steward a culture of intimacy with His presence and action in the world. God manifests Himself many different ways in Scripture, and oftentimes His manifest presence is represented by fire. And so the College of Prayer uh, is a ministry in Atlanta. It's been super formative for us in prayer, but also in understanding of His manifest presence. And so um, some of the, the references I'll make are from 
their study of this. But God manifests himself in fire. How about when he manifested himself to Moses in a burning bush, right? He reveals Moses' calling on his life. So it's unto something. It's with purpose, right? He manifests himself. He, the, the bush is not consumed. This fire comes and Moses it gets his calling revealed, this next assignment in his life. What about when uh, his fire comes on Mount Sinai and only Moses in the fear of the Lord enters into the glory of God and the people of God who God longs to and desires to be with here on earth forever passively steps back and in time, as a result, uh, steps into forming an idol out of gold. Or what about when Elijah or Isaiah experiences God's manifest presence and he comes to him and all five of his senses are activated and he repents and he's forgiven and he's commissioned and he's sent out on mission right into the world as a prophet of the Lord. Or when Elijah the prophet calls down fire on wet wood to prove that God alone is the one true living God, not the gods of Baal. And when he does, he proves himself as God, not because he's insecure, but so that Gomer, Israel, would repent of its harlotry, right? And this is what he does today. This is what he does in our lives today. What about when he came as fire on the church, the believers at Pentecost, and as tongues of fire were resting upon them, they spoke in tongues of other people's languages, and those people came to Christ that day, establishing the church of Jesus Christ. God revealed himself in fire. But brothers and sisters, it's not about the fire. It's about God, right? It's not about how he comes. It's about that he comes, and that when he comes... We are aware and ready for His coming. My main point is God comes in His manifest presence to be with us, to transform us, and to partner with us in His mission in the world. Right? Does He need us to accomplish His mission in the world? No. <laughs> but He chooses, and it gives our life meaning and purpose rooted first in sonship. And daughtership. Amen. Well, let's turn to or look on the screen behind me at Revelation 1, 10 through 16. Let's take a look at how Jesus came to John on the island of Patmos. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet with a golden sash around his chest. Now listen to this. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. The Word of the Lord. 
So, who here, when they think of the question, who is God in this passage, thinks of a baby in a manger? (laughs) Who here thinks of Jesus hanging on a cross? No, Jesus is on fire, head to toe. His eyes are like flames of fire. His feet is like bronze in a blazing furnace. He is holding seven stars, balls of fire in his right hand. And his face is shining like the sun, a ball of fire in his full strength. (laughs) I'm watching a documentary right now, Our Universe on Netflix. The first episode talks about the inner workings of the sun. And how in its core, it is so hot and there's so much pressure that nuclear fusion takes place. It's where hydrogen becomes helium. And when it takes place, heat and photons or light are produced. And the surface of the sun is 10,340 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, how many of you know that when Jesus comes in his kingdom in the new Jerusalem on that day, that there will be no more sun because of the presence, the manifest presence of God with whom will be forever. Here his face is a picture of that shining like the sun in its full strength. Isaiah calls him the sun, S-U-N, of righteousness. And here we see him shining like the sun in all its brilliance. This play on words, this interchange between God, Jesus Christ, and the sun has to do with the heat and life that God, Jesus' manifest presence gives us. And different than the S-U-N Son, the heat and life that His presence gives us is restoration through a baptism of fire. That baptism of fire that John the Baptist said of Jesus, that He alone would baptize in the Holy Spirit and in fire. It is a baptism of cleansing, a baptism of purging, a baptism of renewing your mind, transforming you, of restoring your will, of healing your emotions, of making you more like Him. This same John who writes of this encounter says, as He is, present tense, on fire, head to toe, so are you in this world. And I've quoted that before, but that that to me, it's like, I'm confounded by that. I'm like, what does that, what do you, Jesus, what is your faith for who I am in you? (laughs) You know, it's like, ones who are surrendered to love are on fire head to toe. (laughs) Amen? And so, but, and do you think John was marked by this encounter? Like, John meets with the living Christ, because why? Jesus wants to be with John. He wants to encounter John. And he transforms John. Else, soon after, it says that he fell over as though dead. <laughs> but he didn't hurt John, right? He came to him bearing a message for John to participate in. He said, you, you give the seven, the messages to the seven churches from the Holy Spirit. He could have done it himself, right? But he gives it to John to do. <laughs> What a blessing. God's giving you, brothers and sisters, purposes to do. And the Bible talks about this, right? That there are works prepared in advance for you to do. And so when we surrender to God and encounter His manifest presence, we come into alignment with who we are in Christ and what He's called us to do. Guys, 
I've seen this time and time again in your lives, in others' lives, how it just falls into place through surrender. It just all comes, it's all one thing. Who I am, what He's called me to do, where this thing is going, being a part of something bigger than ourselves. This, this, big, this big story, the meta-narrative of Scripture, all of this comes into focus and alignment. And it's like, this is what I was made for. <laughs> right? And we come into that increasingly. But just as it's not about the fire, it's also not about the drama of the experience. Can I take the pressure off there? Maybe the uh, John passage isn't the best example of that. <laughs> but remember what Tozer said. It's not about the fire. It's not about the drama of the encounter. It's about awareness. Coming into awareness of His presence. After all, that same Elijah, he came to not in the fire. Not in the earthquake. Not in the wind. But in a quiet whisper. Right? And Elijah recognized, that's not God. That's not God. But it, it seemed like God, right? Like who else could do that? But it was like, that wasn't the message. That wasn't the point. It's this. Elijah, what are you doing here? That was the word. Isn't that weird? But he was taking him somewhere. He was starting a conversation. What are you doing here? That was the word. That's what was important. Not the fireworks. Right? And that's important for us. Take the pressure off. <laughs> this isn't about the drama of the encounter or comparing one another's encounters or any of that, right? God in His perfect love for you wants to encounter you and your personality. And He made you that way. He knows who you are. The best way you can relate to Him. And I just want to encourage us in that. To just know that you're not missing, you're not going to miss Him. The surrender of the heart is enough. Amen? He will speak to you. He will encounter you. I love what Joel said once too. And until that day, if that's not happened for you yet, he says, we grieve with you and walk alongside of you and contend with you in it until He does. Because we are made to encounter, to treasure His manifest presence. Not just know about His omnipresence or have right answers about who God is, right? All right. It's about awareness. Remember when uh, Anna was in the temple? She recognized the manifest presence of a baby, Jesus Christ, in the arms of his mother. Right? I don't think anyone else did because it said Anna went and told everybody all around her. <laughs> there was an awareness. And so the next thing I want to talk about is cultivating intimacy. Because no matter who you are, or how easy, or how practiced, or how hard that is for you, God wants us to draw near to cultivate intimacy with Him. To create space, context for encounter in our individual lives. And so I just want to encourage us, when we seek Him with all our heart, the Bible says, that's that surrender piece, we will find Him, He promises. Brooke said that last week here. When we draw near to Him, He will draw near to us. Where two or three are gathered, there He is in the middle. Were we aware of it? Did we seek to know Him more as He is among us this morning on fire, head to toe? 
It's that awareness piece and cultivating in. I want to encourage us to cultivate intimacy. And I know that some of you, that some places in our hearts would rather know him by his omnipresence than his manifest presence, right? Because when he comes, it can hurt before it gets better, right? Or maybe we don't trust because we have trauma or brokenness or legitimately bad experiences in our lives that have happened to us. Jesus knows that. He's in touch with that. He wants to meet us where we are. And I want to encourage us, remind us, he's gentle and humble at heart. And he comes when you're ready. Um, And so, and it still can be a challenge. And you still have to receive him. And you still have to surrender and choose, right? And because he's not abusive or controlling as a father, we have to reciprocate. We have to receive And that's what's so beautiful about him, because when we do, it leads to that transformation that I talked about. And so whether it's filling and killing pain with things in your life, things that you're finding are not satisfying or not working, but only destroying and hurting you, or whether it's not knowing if he's faithful, is he good, is he safe? And so I've been doing it on my own And that's not working or satisfying either. I, wherever we are, wherever you are, I challenge you to make space for him to minister, especially to those places. That those places become places that treasure his manifest presence. Amen. Well, God comes to us in many different ways, right? One is through worship, about which I'll talk in a moment. Another is through community, right? Sometimes we'll get a confirming word, for instance, Oh my gosh, I'm hearing that too. In fact, Galfua and Mary Pardue and, and some others were on this text thread, Intercessors, with me this morning. We're hearing all this stuff about the generations. And so I released that word because all these other people were, it was confirming, it was faith building, and the Lord said, prophesy according to your faith. Um, other ways in community we encounter God's manifest presence is in spiritual friendship or family, right? Like grounded, missional communities. These are spaces, contexts to encounter His manifest presence through one another. I think it was Christine Skull who said, I encounter God's manifest presence mostly, most strongly, when uh, through community. Through my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think that's beautiful. And so, uh, what about the ministry of presence in community? When someone's grieving, or is traumatized, or has experienced loss, and we come alongside of them not to fix them, not to give them answers, but to sit with them and mourn with those who mourn, in touch with the manifest presence of Christ who is also mourning with us. Amen? This practice of the presence of God is an example of encounter with His manifest presence through community. Brothers and sisters, we need one another. This is the design of Christ. Or what about through spiritual gifts? I want to share a word with you um, that uh, uh, two two short stories about uh, one of which is my first prophetic encounter with Christ's manifest presence. It was in 2010. But the first story is of a prophetic leader named Sean Bowles. In, in 1996, Sean was at the Olympic Games in Atlanta. And he was sightseeing, and when he was at Stone Mountain in Atlanta, Georgia, he got a prophetic word. And the word was that the Lord is establishing an apostolic government through fivefold ministry in Atlanta. 
and that through that, God was going to bring massive revival, racial reconciliation, a movement of healing and unity, and that Atlanta would be a gate city for other cities and regions falling to the kingdom of God. He said a sign that this would happen is that a plane will crash into Stone Mountain. And seven years later, to the day of that recording, a plane hit the mountain. And as recent as 2016, Sean Bowles said, the word for Atlanta is still on. In 2010, I got a close-eyed vision of two alternating Bible verses in the book of Daniel. I think it was my first prophetic encounter with Christ's manifest presence. Those verses, some of you may have heard this story, but those verses were the same as one another verbatim. And those verses uh, basically said that it was an interpretation and a fulfillment of a dream in the book of Daniel. And the, the main part of that word was that seven years will pass before you realize that the, the Lord establishes his kingdom in the earth. There is a much fuller, richer story to these, the seven years in between. But for now, I'll just share that on the same day, seven years later, the same day of the year, seven years later, the Lord spoke to me. And he said to me that an apostolic government of fivefold ministry in Pittsburgh is being established. And through it will be massive revival, racial reconciliation, unity, and healing. And when I heard this message about Atlanta and about about two years after God spoke that word to me about Pittsburgh, I just wept <laughs> because I knew that Atlanta was a gate city for this as early as God revealed it in 96 um, and that it's happening here now. <clears throat> and again, the Lord says prophesy according to your faith. So I'm just going to prophesy in agreement with you and in faith that the Lord is establishing his apostolic government here. <laughs> and he is making this a city and a region of racial reconciliation and a massive revival. And it is hitting here and it is multiplying leaders and ministries, not just up and down the East Coast, but in the eastern half of the state to the, as far west as the Mississippi. And there will be a blood-red United States in time through which this revival has started. An early manifestation of this revival is the Greenhouse Network, of which there are about 50 missional leaders and ministries activated in Rev true revival that always is re and that always has an end result in mission, not being in a prayer room and worshiping Jesus. Right? These work together, like our value says, and racial reconciliation. And we're seeing the manifestation of these. And on the ground, it's harder than a prophetic word, right? On the ground, it's slower and it's plodding and it's a lifetime. And you won't see the fruit of the, you won't see all that was promised, right? Like Abraham and other heroes of the faith. But we are seeing this manifested in outdoor immersion and in Genesis Collective and in Riverwise and in Aliquippa Impact and in, other, in the Tri-State Hub and the City of Pittsburgh Hub. I mean, these are real ministries, these are ministries that are activated in revival, that are activated in racial reconciliation, that are activated through the manifest presence of God. Encounter with Him. And this is God doing this real work here and now. Amen? So I am so encouraged. 
in seeing that. Well, so I've talked about some about how we encounter him personally, right? And how and encouraging us to let him into those places. Well, what about corporately? Michael Miller, a pastor in Dallas, says that the God of everywhere, omnipresence, wants to dwell somewhere. Manifest presence. <laughs> the God of everywhere wants to dwell somewhere. Well, I just mentioned at the beginning of the sermon that God is really speaking that to us right now. He's saying that too. He's saying, I want you to be that place because I want you, not the only place, but I want you to be one of those places. Because I want the white hot center to be so white hot that these ministries, Genesis Collective, Aliquippa Impact, Riverwise, Outdoor Immersion, the Tri-State Hub, the City of Pittsburgh Ministry Hub, I want these to be on fire. I want these missional outposts to be so on fire with the manifest presence of Christ, not their own zeal, that I want you to be this place, this dwelling place that hosts His presence and invites them in and out to go into the presence, out on mission, into the presence, out on mission, to be a place, a place of priests, a place of hosting His presence. So we feel called in time to grow a prayer room. That's what it looks like to take it from up here to down here, right? <laughs> Small beginnings, add an hour, tell people it's Wednesdays at noon or whatever. That's not the real time yet. But you know what I mean? Like it's, this is what God is calling us to. And, um, you know, it's really about what, how Paul describes it, a unity of the faith. He says when you come together through this kind of fivefold Ministry. I talked about apostolic government. That's just a fancy language. It's a spiritual language for God establishing through spiritual leadership His kingdom advancement in the earth. And His design for that is what's called fivefold ministry. There's different facets of who Christ is through which He um, uses leadership to advance His kingdom. And what Paul describes when he talks about a white-hot center is the unity of of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Well, that word knowledge in the Greek means contact knowledge. It's the unity that comes with corporate encounter with His manifest presence. <laughs> when we encounter Him together, we become closer to one another in unity and for mission. What this is also known as is a preparedness of a bride unto the return of of the bridegroom. A preparedness of the bride, you and me, his church, unto the return of the bridegroom. Because remember, brothers and sisters, when he is preached in all nations, then he will return. The wider, hotter center that we are, the more the mission goes into all the earth. And then he'll return. This is the preparedness of the bride unto the return of the bridegroom to be with him forever. And his greatest desire is to dwell on earth with us forever. Jake, if you can come and play. And so I just want to encourage us. I should say this. I just had a check in my spirit. When I say white hot, you might, you might know this, but the hottest kind of fire is white. 
hot fire. So anyway, I just felt like uh, elaborating on that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the hottest kind of flame, um, like physically, literally. And so, um, but when we come together, or rather, when we seek God, I'm encouraging us by way of application right now to seek Him in order to find Him, to be with Him in intimacy, to cultivate intimacy with Him, to become more aware of His presence when He shows up. That's seeking Him in solitude, right? And becoming more, cultivating that intimacy. No one can give you their history with God. Right? We can't borrow this from someone else or lean on their adrenaline or emotions or spiritual response to Jesus. It it just doesn't, that's not what God's after. He's after our hearts. He wants to be with us. He wants us to know Him more. So I exhort us to seek Him to cultivate intimacy with Him individually. Corporately, let's seek Him to grow in unity. Let's seek Him unto mission, unto His return. Amen? Lastly, let's seek Him for Him. Let's seek Him to love Him. Let's seek Him to be loved by Him. He is the very great reward. Amen? Amen.